Death is real and death is complete. The Bible describes it as an event which leaves no conscious part of the person at all. It is God's way of eradicating sin. But death doesn't have to be the end. This presentation details what the future holds for the dead. In a previous presentation, I spoke about spiritualism and I talked about spiritualism taking over the whole world and having an impact on every person, whether they are a person of faith or a person not of faith. And I talked about how spiritualism, the foundational principle of spiritualism, was that you don't really die. Satan's very first lie, you shall not surely die. Now, of course, the Bible very, very clearly says that, yes, you will die. The wages of sin is death. That's the only thing that is ever promised as a result of sin, nothing other than death. But then along with that, the Bible promises the resurrection. I pointed out that the resurrection and spiritualism, you know, they're kind of incompatible with each other. They don't line up. You can't have both of them because how do you have a resurrection for a person who's already alive? It doesn't work. You know, we can tell that our world has been overtaken by spiritualism when we stop and think about the subject of the resurrection and the return of Jesus Christ. If you're a person of faith, I want to challenge you with this question. When was the last time that you were sitting in a church and heard a sermon or a Bible study, a presentation on the subject of the return of Jesus Christ? I'll guarantee it was probably a very, very long time since you heard anything like that. And yet the subject of the return of Christ is mentioned more than twice as often in the New Testament as grace. Now, grace is the only means by which anybody can be saved. So that's pretty important. I think we all agree. But the resurrection, Jesus coming back, mentioned almost more than twice as that. Why don't we talk about it? Well, the answer is very simple. We've kind of stopped believing in it. You see, we've kind of come up with this idea that no, when you die, you float off to heaven. The resurrection is not the event to look forward to. Now, death is the event to look forward to because death is when you will be with Jesus face to face. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not the great hope that you find in Scripture. The great hope that you find in the Bible is the promise of the return of Jesus Christ. And so that is what we are going to look at today. That is the subject of our Bible study as we look at what the Bible says here. You know, it's kind of interesting in Matthew chapter 24. And of course, once again, you know, this is the second longest recorded sermon that we have of Jesus Christ. When talking about his return, he begins by talking and saying, watch out for deception. Verse 24, for there will arise false Christs and false prophets and show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, the very righteous. Now, one might wonder, what would they be deceived in relationship to? Well, it goes on and says, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, don't go there. Behold, he is in the secret place, do not 
believe it. Friends, I want you to notice what the Bible is saying right here. The Bible says that there will be deception about the return of Jesus just before he comes back. And why would that be the case? The answer is very simple. There can only be a lot of deception on this subject if people are not reading about this subject and studying it in their Bibles. Maybe that's got something to do with the reason why it's been a long time since you've heard a sermon or a Bible study on the return of Jesus Christ. How is Jesus going to come back? What does the Bible say? Well, you know, there are those who would say that the return of Jesus is it's not really a thing. Yes, it's mentioned a lot in the Bible, but it's not really a thing. Now, they have a hard time explaining away all of those passages, but they come up with these kind of airy-fairy notions of, well, you know, all of those statements are a metaphor for Jesus coming to your heart. It's kind of a nice thought. But let's find out what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1. Let's flick over there very quickly. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. And here we have the time where Jesus is ascending into heaven. He's on top of Mount of Olives with his disciples. And the Bible says that he ascends up into heaven. Verse 9, it says, While he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked up steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white clothing, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. The Bible very clearly states that Jesus stood, literally stood on top of the Mount of Olives and that he literally ascended up into heaven in the sight of his disciples. And then the Bible says that two angels came and said, he's coming back like he went up. In other words, Jesus literally ascended into heaven and he is literally returning to this earth again. But the language is, you know, even more specific when you look at the words that are used here. Words like beheld, sight, gazing, seen, looked, behold. That's all very visual language and you might wonder why. Well, the answer is very simple if we flick back over to Matthew chapter 24. In fact, if you're following along with me, kind of keep a finger in Matthew 24. The Bible tells us exactly what it will be like when Jesus comes back. This is going to be the greatest celebration our world has ever seen. Matthew 24, right here in verse 30, the Bible says, Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds of heaven, from one end of heaven to the other. That sounds like the greatest celebration our universe has ever seen. And the Bible says that everyone will see him come back. In fact, over in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7, it sees, says the same thing with even greater clarity. And I just get excited every time I read these passages. Right here in Revelation 1 verse 7, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye will see him, and those also which pierced him, all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Imagine morning when Jesus comes back. What a tragedy to see Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven and suddenly have a realization of all that you have lost. The Bible says, Every eye will see Jesus come back. 
This is, we go back to Matthew chapter 25 now, and verse 31. The Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He shall sit upon His throne of glory. Imagine being present when every angel in the universe appears visibly to human beings in the sky with Jesus Christ. What an amazing event. Something never to be missed. In, back in Matthew 24 and verse 27, it says, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I don't know whether you've noticed it or not, but lightning is one of those things you can see it with your eyes closed. Imagine a lightning bolt that suddenly stretches from one horizon right across to the other horizon. The Bible says that's what it will be like when Jesus comes back. That flash of light and that sound that reverberates to your very being. While we're talking about that sound, this passage here in Matthew chapter 24 is paralleled in 1 Thessalonians. If we go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we can find the same events happening right here. Notice it here in chapter 4 and verse 16. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. There's that same trumpet again. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Then what happens? Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, gathered together in the air. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Many have described this passage as the noisiest passage in the Bible because when Jesus comes back, he's not going to do it secretly. He's going to be shouting about it. He's going to be rejoicing. He's going to be blasting away on a trumpet so loud that even the dead can hear that voice and come back to life again. Psalms chapter 50, let's go over there. We have a prophecy from the Old Testament this time, Psalms chapter 50. And we are going to look in verse 3, Psalm chapter 50 and verse 3, and find out what the Bible explicitly says that Jesus will not do what he promises that he won't do when he returns. In Psalms 50 and verse 3, the Bible says, Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him. And it shall be very tempestuous round about him. You know, when we think about that fire for a moment, it's a little bit sobering. We flick back over to first, Second Thessalonians this time, Second Thessalonians. And we are going to read in, uh, from Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Right here in verse 7, it says, To you, those of you who are troubled, rest with us. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Friends, the return of Christ for the righteous, for those that give their lives to Jesus, is the greatest event. It's the event where we look up with hope in our hearts and we see Jesus coming to save us again. What a tragedy it would be to look up and to suddenly realize all that we've missed, the unimaginable love 
that we see in the face of Jesus Christ and realize that we've missed out on that universe. And all we've had is this miserable short existence in a universe of pain and sin and suffering and injustice. Friends, the return of Christ is going to be literal. It's going to be visible. It's going to be audible. And it's going to be with great power and glory. Some people ask me about this passage in Matthew chapter 24 and in verse 43, where the Bible says, Know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken up. And I ask the question, does that mean that Jesus is going to sneak in silently like a thief? Well, not all thieves sneak in silently. Some do ram raids. And the previous verse and the next verse answer your question when they say, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord is coming. And then after it, therefore be you also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. Jesus is not trying to explain that his return will be some secret event. He's simply saying it's going to be unexpected. No thieves like to give you advance warning of their arrival. But we're going to cover a couple of more verses here very quickly. This is one of my favorites on the second coming of Jesus. You find it over in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Well, what's going to happen in the day when Jesus comes as a thief in the night? The Bible says, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Wow, what a passage. Goes on, seeing then that all these things will be dissolved. What kind of persons ought you to be? in holy conversation and godliness. What a challenge right there. Looking for, hastening the return of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire will be dissolved and the elements melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein lives righteousness. This passage tells us why Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to establish a kingdom of righteousness. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have the greatest promise just about anywhere in the Bible in relationship to Jesus' return. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. How? In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? Why is Jesus coming back? Jesus is coming back for those who have given their lives to Him. Don't you want to be ready for Jesus to come back? Don't you want to be excited to see His face in the clouds and to realize that your life is only just beginning, that you are now going to exist in a universe of love for eternity? You can make that decision right now. You can make that decision by simply giving your life to Jesus Christ right now. Why don't you do so? Just 
ask him to come into your heart and tell him that you are totally his and he will do that for you right now at this moment. Now I know that we've been sharing with you that we have a special testimony coming up and I know you've been waiting for it. The good news is that tomorrow evening we are going to premiere Kathy's testimony of coming out of spiritualism and the occult. She was somebody who worked as a clairvoyant until she met Jesus Christ and was set free. But while we're talking about Jesus, we want to remind you about the Try Jesus course. This one right here, the second coming of Jesus, is all about the subject that I've just presented. And you can have this entire course yours for free this evening. So simply text the number 706 and you can have the Try Jesus course for yourself. I don't believe I'd be alive today if it wasn't for Jesus. Um, I believe I would have lost my son. Um, yeah, <laughs> because he saved him too. Um, it is a journey. It is a journey you will take um, because Satan won't want to let go of anybody who doesn't. Um, he doesn't care whether you whether you are into him or whether you are actually. Um, as long as you're not into Jesus. So the moment you do look at starting to go to Jesus, your life will change for the better. Um, and and you, won't, you won't even realize the doors he can open for you until you take that, that step.